Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, with Ray Zander, your guide, coach, and best gal pal. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Everyday Attraction. My name is Ray, and I am your host for this hour. In this opportunity, the moments that are before us, we call it a podcast, we call it a radio show. What it really is, is a vibrational point in time where we come together and we say, who am I really? And we say, and who am I becoming? This show is about the law of attraction, but we go much deeper than just about creating things or manifesting experiences. That's part of it. But we go deeper into the remembering of who we truly, truly are. And we bring in the principles of Abraham and we bring in the principles of Jesus and we bring in the principles of unity as we know it. And we weave them together into a confidence about how we want to be in the world, no matter what is happening on the outside world. Because we live in interesting times. Let's face it, there's some fantastic and horrific and crazy things going on in the outside world. But what's happening inside of us? And what are we doing with that relationship with our inner being that is, as we know, making the total difference in how we are in the world? So this hour, we're going to talk about a new understanding of what it is to parent from inside the vortex, not only parent the children in our lives, but also our inner child. And we're going to hear some extraordinary ideas this hour, and I'm calling it the Jesus style of parenting. (laughs) And to help me mitigate that whole arena of really trying to understand how we are in the world and how we are working with each other and working with the children in our lives and who we are becoming with them. I have my co-pilot, co-metaphysical pilot, Janice Campbell on the line. Hi, Janice. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing this pre-Thanksgiving week? (laughs) I'm doing fabulous. I was just thinking about, remember that show we did years ago about the uh, Thanksgiving getting together with your family? (laughs) I think we did do a show on that. I remember. I remember exactly where I was standing when we were having that conversation. I guess we've moved on from that. Well, you know, I think the information that we're going to talk about today can really help anyone who is, you know, gearing up for a family excursion um, because what we're going to talk about it and I've just been so, I love what I love about Abraham. And I love these teachers, these metaphysical teachers, and anyone who isn't familiar, if you've stumbled onto the show, what happened to you today? Um, go to abraham-hicks.com and you'll know, you'll hear a little bit about who we're talking about, this Abraham. But really it is, I think, our high source telling us again and again and again that there's so much more going on here than we might see on the surface. And that to have an understanding of what's going on in the larger picture is really a key to whether you suffer in life 
or you have a joy-filled life. And I know it's not all or nothing, but the the things we're going to talk about in this show, if you have this, what I call perspective of source, life gets a lot easier to manage. Would you say, Janice? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it is in that remembering of the larger picture because I think when we get into holiday situations or we get into, you know, situations where we're, we're trying to parent young children, it is kind of challenging to remember the larger picture because there's so many details in the reality of what we're living. You know, if something's happening in the moment, the details uh, can often, if they're details that we're not wanting, just bring us to a point of confusion. Right. Well, and the details trip us up if we don't have something else to focus our attention on. Exactly. Where are we choosing to focus? And I say this a lot in in my teachings and, and also, you know, in my Abraham class is that you're choosing to feel something, whether it feels like you're choosing it or not. It is a choice in how we focus and how we refocus. And I love this idea. And I remember Abraham was talking about, you know, you're like a really beautiful camera lens, one of very sophisticated camera lens. You can pull way back and perceive, or you can go really in close and perceive. And you can choose at what point that focus feels good. If we're too focused on a circumstance that doesn't feel good, our perspective is such that we can't move the vibration that we're viewing, you know, mm-hmm. it's our, like our lens is too focused on the details of it. And yet when we dial back, when we pull back and see the larger picture, we can relax in knowing that something's going on beyond the intricate scope of a, of a focused viewpoint. Right. But you know, we can't really do that without an underlying faith. Yes. You know, I think that's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like we kind of have to work all these pieces and I, and I love that you brought up the faith thing because we were talking right before the show that, you know, one of the things Abraham revealed in one of the least, the recent workshops is that the, pri- the predominant emotion inside the vortex is faith. And I had never thought about faith as an emotion before, hmm. you know, it had never occurred to me. But then I thought to myself, okay, what does faith feel like? Right. How would we describe it? How would we describe how would we describe how faith feels like? And when I started to think about that, I thought, oh, faith feels like confidence. Faith feels like peace yeah, and knowing. Knowing, yeah. Faith, knowing comfort, comfort in the unknown. You know, when you have great faith, you can stand in the unknown and be comforted and be at peace. Well, I like that. When you think about comfort in the unknown, it kind of gets back to that feeling of peace again. But I wouldn't really think of faith and peace together. But, but in a way, it kind like, of is. I mean, it's like, because yeah. it's like, you could, we could like relax instead of being all frenetic and tense and fearful and ready to pounce on something or make something wrong. It's more of a like, uh, okay, this is, fun. you know what I mean? This is all unfolding. Like, it's like a, almost like a, I guess it ties to what they always say about relief. You know, yeah. relief is really that feeling of, oh, okay. <laughs> Right. And and the emotion of faith is this being at peace with what is, but not resolute with what is not, not, you know, resigned. Or not lying and saying, oh, this is actually okay with me when it's not. Right. It's almost not like a Buddha piece, which is like, it's all fine. It's, 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 a, it's like a faith with like, it's okay now. And I know this is going somewhere. Yeah, And I don't even have to like what's happening. And I still have faith. 
And I still have faith that this is going somewhere. So I really love this idea of faith as an emotion and that I can inside myself in my, you know, my, I was like my scenario of a gray room. I can go inside my own mind, shut off all the sort of outside forces and choose to feel the feeling of faith, which is comfort, which is security. I love that word. I know it has a little resistance in it, but this feeling of just safe and secure and knowing, and I'm walking with the angels and I, they got my back and this is my playground and I can't get it wrong because I can't get it done. And you know, it's all of that. Yeah. And of course, as I, as I got into that feeling space, I'm like, hello, Vortex. Of course. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. I'm going to do that this week is really practice feeling faith because I've, feeling- I've been doing it with love. Like I could actually feel the feeling of love. Like I, I could feel that I could go there in my mind. Yes. So now I'm going to do that with faith. Because feeling feeling love to me sometimes is too high up the emotional scale if I'm in fear or if I'm in trepidation. So it's almost like reaching for faith just feels like I don't know where this is going. Yeah. I have no clue, but I have a greater knowing inside myself that it's okay that I don't know and something larger is driving this ship and something more and deeper and fuller is in charge yeah it's really kind of about surrendering too and and releasing control it's like taking our hands off the steering wheel or just kind of like ah you know and not knowing the answers yes but still having the the not knowing the answers but you still have like that peace that that feeling of it's okay yes okay the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. Just go ahead and quote the big old Bible. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just you know that um, that res that ability to just resonate, and that's another word that Abraham's been using a lot. And they said already they love the word resonate, resonate with that larger energy that has that basically is you know pulling the world together and making it spin. You know what I mean? I just, I'm on that boat. Whoever's doing this, I'm with you because you got it going on. You have, you know, this kind of faith says, yes, I don't know where this is going, but man, there's a lot of evidence Mm -hmm. that we are supported. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. Sometimes other people can help us with this. Like I know growing up after school, I talk with my mom and I would share, uh, you know, we'd sit on the couch and you know, I share with her what happened during the day. And I remember just feeling better. Like she had a way of putting it in a certain context yeah. that she did. Cause she, that whole thing about freaking out, she didn't say, Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, yeah, okay. Well that happened sometime. Yeah. You know, whatever it was. I just always remember feeling like, Oh, okay. Now I can go on with my life. Like it kind of yeah. like, Oh, okay. I feel better. Like I feel better. It's a safe haven. Yeah. It's a place that says it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay. Cheeky as that sounds. <laughs> no, and, and helping you see, you know, it's, it's being able, it's learning. And I think what I learned from her is learning how to look through the eyes of faith. Yeah. Learning yes. how to look beyond appearances because it, it, yes. it's almost like a skill or a practice. It absolutely is. I think it is a skill. And once you um, get a feel for it, you can't live without it. I mean, it's just so essential. Because it doesn't make logical sense. I mean, if, it you can't just jump there and, oh, well, but, 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 it sounds so Pollyanna, but you kind of practice learning how to see. 
it is a deep, profound experience to have this kind of faith. And I think we come in with it and we forget it and then we remember it. I don't think yes. we're ever truly without it. But, you know, I got a lot of, of email last week from folks who who were responding to the show. Um, just don't freak out. And I want to riff again on on that type because I think it's really resonating with our listeners. And I know it's resonating in my life that, you know, this idea that Jesus, when he saw the sick, um, it wasn't that he didn't see the disease. And this is kind of the information we were talking about last week. It wasn't that he didn't see the disease, but he didn't freak out about it. He right. saw it. Oh, look at leprosy. There you are. But it's like he knew that this was the beginning of a journey, that there was the wholeness that was still there present in even the temporary. Let's just ooh, temporary everything in your life, people. Yes. It's temporary. <laughs> this too shall pass. This just your past. And but I love the idea. And they were even they were I listened to some more workshops this week where they were saying, you know, if someone comes to you and they say, Oh, I'm sick, and you go, Oh, I'm so sorry, that that is an emotional terrorism. Mm. Because you're saying, Oh, I play into your weakness. Oh, I, I see you, you as know? weak. I agree with you. You are sick. You are weak. And isn't it the worst feeling like when you have a cold and someone says, oh, you look awful. And oh, my God, I'm so I'll pray for you. Yeah. <gasps> OK, so let's just take a moment. Just take a moment here that be careful how you say the energy to which you say I pray for you, because if your energy because words are, don't, are meaningless, it's the energy behind it. If you say, oh, I'll pray for you, you are absolutely an emotional terrorist. Stop it. But when you say I know you. Yes. I pray, I pray for you. I know who you are. It's in the energy of our knowing. And I know that, that Jesus had that knowing and that when he saw someone dripping their leprosy, he said, hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. It wasn't, <gasps> you know, so let's just take a moment before we, you know, the next time someone shows up without any hair and we go, <gasps> I don't, I don't chemo, you know, or, <laughs> you know, we do it because we think it's a way to connect with the person. Mm -hmm. But I, I think we're getting a deeper knowing that if we truly want to be a power of influence, we stand in the broader knowing and move beyond that temporariness of even a diagnosis. But still to acknowledge, because I think also the flip side of that is pretending that nothing's going on. Oh, good. Let's talk about that. Because that doesn't feel good either. It's like because you almost feel like it's in the space. Yes. And they're just not saying anything. Like obviously well, something's going on and they're not even acknowledging that something's going on. Right. And that was the aha moment that I had because I sort of had in my mind that Jesus didn't see the leprosy because he was, you know, above it. Right. You know, like, right. oh, it just I wasn't, not... it wasn't in his consciousness or awareness. So it wasn't present because Abraham talks a lot about that, how you only everybody sees different things. So if you walk into a room, you're going to see what your consciousness allows you to see. But that's what I think we love about Jesus is that he was down with us and he was up at the same time. You know, it was yeah. like he well, saw he held the both. He held both simultaneously, you know, which is really interesting because I always say, you know, um, I don't know if this really relates, but I remember Abraham, when they say that thing, it really stuck with me. You can't love your child and be, a, oh, no, that makes sense. You can't love your child and be afraid for your child at the same time. But right. I think Jesus was not living in fear. No. You know, so it's like seeing the appearance of both and still choosing one. Right. So you can see, you know, you can acknowledge someone's situation, someone's reality, but the energy to which you respond to that reality is what we're talking about. You know, you can say, oh, I can see you lost your hair. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, but it is the energy of you're on a journey. Wow. Something's breaking open for you. 
you know, and I, I think and even the, that people may, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's almost like saying that to your, to yourself, but I think, you know, what I hear you say too, it's also the thing where you don't even have to say anything. It really is where yeah. it's in the space. It's, it's in your energy. It's, it's almost like we need to just keep doing our work individually right? and strengthening our connection. And then we don't have to give it a second thought how we show up. Yeah. It's like a natural outflow of feeling our connection. You're going to well, say yeah, the appropriate yeah. thing. You're going to give the support that's really going to support people. Well, if you're in the vortex and you are experiencing the emotion of faith and you gaze on a friend who is in a situation, it's very different than if you're outside the vortex, really kind of in a little fearful place yourself, having some, maybe some things have happened in your life that have made you a little unsure about stuff. And then you go behold your poor sick friend. Right. You know, it's it's just two different experiences. And I know, um, you know, working with people who are in in crisis mode, I just don't go there with them. And sometimes that bums them out. Right. Yeah. But then I'm not their teacher. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, and I, and I totally release that if you, you know, if, if you need to stay in the, oh my God, kind of consciousness and you need to stay in the fear mode, I don't, I can't dictate how long that works for you. Right. And it's not you your know? job to pull people out of it. You can't. No. Yeah. I just say, hey, when you're ready to move on, you know who to call. <laughs> you know, and it sounds, I mean, I don't want to sound callous, but it's just that I I am going to be of no assistance to you. Right. And again, it's not even in the speaking. Yeah. Because I get that with you now. It's like, oh, man, Ray, I can never really, you know, it's like there's, and I can never really. I, I mean, I'll tell her what's going on, but I can't really dump all my stuff. There's just no room there. I know. And you know what? I have to say, I have to mourn a little bit the person that I was that knew all the details of the muck and mire that people don't share with me anymore because they don't, it doesn't resonate with me. And I kind of, I have to say it's, it's a little bit of a mourning because there was some mediocrity in that connection of knowing all the gory details and saying, tell me more, tell me more, you know, and I don't, but I don't want to be that person anymore because I know too much. See, this is the problem with this work, people. Let me tell you, hang up right now. If you don't want to know too much about the bigger picture, I mean, Abraham says all the time, you know, we should have a warning on the door. You know, you will not be the same. Yeah. You will not be the same person. And so, and I was experiencing that so palpably this week with a friend of mine who was saying, you know, I can't call you and complain. And it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Because you're always so damn positive. Mm-hmm. You're always moving it to another place. And I just want to call to complain. And, you know, and I had to say, jokingly, I'm sure you have other people to call who will be more than happy. Right. Which is true. Which is true. And you're going to be so grateful that you got me to call when you're ready to move on because those people aren't going to serve you anymore either. And she'll know when to call you and how to use you. Yeah. Basically, as a friend, you know, this friend is for this purpose. This friend is for this. But also, <laughs> when you were saying it's like a little bit of a sadness moving on, I think what's interesting to point out is there may be a sadness there, but the benefit is so much greater. Oh, it's not even it's not even a choice. Yeah. So it's, it's really it's like wiped out and then some. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our first segment and we have so much more to cover on how we bring this and larger knowing and energy to to working with our kids and working with our inner child and all that fun stuff. So stay tuned. We're going to take a really quick break. You're listening to Everyday Attraction with Janice and Ray and uh, we'll be right back. Our 
Our goal at Unity Online Radio is to continue expanding our spiritual programming and growing our listening audience. To help us become an ever stronger voice in today's world, we ask for your support. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Turn to Everyday Attraction and the Metaphysical Porch with your spiritual neighbor, Ray Zander. Have a sit, get something to sip, and let's get real. Spiritual. Hey, y'all. Welcome back from the break. Hey, y'all. I just came. I don't know. Suddenly, I'm from Texas. I don't know where that came the preacher woman from Texas. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ray, and I'm here with Janice Campbell of Receive Your Life Radio, also on Unity FM. Shout out to our Unity Online Radio peeps. We love you. Oh, and we got to start talking about the cruise. Oh, yes. I need to get updated. What is it? It's in November 2012. November 2012. It's the uh, Unity Online Radio Cruise. Yes. Um, and go to Unity Online or Unity.fm and click the cruise picture and get all the information. So Janice and I want to go. Yeah. want to go, and we would love all of you to come with us. So we'll we'll be talking about it as the year progresses. We get a whole year to make some choices, but there's going to be opportunities for you all to help Janice and I go. <laughs> And we'll tell you more about that. But the more folks who listen to the show say yes, Janice and I, like maybe they'll, you know, get us on there. We'll do a couple of workshops and meet you all and have a great time. Oh, yeah. So it'll be fun. Just put really the, fun. Good food. Good food. Good food. It's a, a cruise to the Caribbean, right? Oh, Caribbean. So, yeah. Ooh, baby. So anyway, we'll talk more about that. Um, so where were we? So I want to play a little bit of this track because I want to get into this meaty part of um, this woman. And again, we're listening to the Abraham Hicks workshop. Please, please, please go to abraham-hicks.com and get a full copy of this workshop. Um, patronize them in any way you can because they just this, these recordings are just so priceless. We're going to play a little snippet so we can go deeper on some of the topics. In this situation, I really related to this woman. She sat in the hot seat at the workshop and she was talking about her, <laughs> I got to love her three-year-old. Now, I have a three-year-old. 
And my husband, a couple of days before, let me tell you, when Abraham wants to get into your life, look out. Um, A couple of days before I heard this track randomly, um, my husband had had this circumstance where our three-year-old was not sharing his toys at the playground. And we were kind of having this sort of deep conversation about, oh my God, are we raising this selfish kid? And how do we get him to share? And, you know, and I had to laugh because I got in my car like two days later and randomly put my gazillion Abraham tracks up and up comes this track people this track came up so i'm going to play a little bit of it and then we'll pause and chat so here we go hi oh it feels really good to be here i've been listening for years and um this is the first seminar that i've um been to and it just feels really good thank you uh, everyone for being here um so I have a three-year-old little boy named River, and he is just an amazing child. And um, and I know that I'm a really in the vortex mom because our relationship feels so good. And um, so I would like a little bit of help in feeling better when he's doing things like um, not sharing his toys with his friends or kicking the cat. Because <laughs> I know that... Um, I don't feel like he's out of his vortex when he's doing that, but um, it brings me out of mine, and so I would like to be able to feel better when he's doing that. Well, are you worried about his integration into society? In other words, are you afraid are you afraid of the disapproval that he may mm. attract from others if he does not learn early on? to set aside his own desire for resonance with his inner being and instead replace it with their approval? Are you worried that things won't go well for him if he doesn't do that? Yeah. Now that was a trick. That was a game. Um, well, yeah, I want him to I want him to feel good and I want him to feel good. Well, wait, wait, that's different. You want yeah. him to feel good or you want him to make others approve of him? Do you want his good feeling? to come about because of his alignment with who he really is or because of the approval that others are offering him because of his learned behavior? Um. <laughs> um. It's hard, we know, because we know you want your children to behave, which means you don't want them to embarrass you. Mm-hmm. And, and you, also, you also want them to not put themselves in a place where they will embarrass themselves. Mm-hmm. But in that well-meaning context... If you, for a moment, imply that his behavior should be contingent upon someone outside of his inner being's response to him, then you have begun the desensitizing process. You've begun the, 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 the process of helping him forget mm-hmm. who he really is and what he really wants, you see. Yeah. So tell us first about not sharing his toys. Mm-hmm. You could say someone is not sharing their toys or someone is enjoying the toys that they have attracted Mm -hmm. right and and you could also say that he's like the very young version of Jesus hear it you're gonna Mm -hmm. like it (laughs) who is not freaking out over the toylessness of his friend. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> because we've been saying for a long time, I do this for you because I see that you cannot do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's that's the humanitarian uh, uh, flaw that so many humans are offering. Look, looking around for a weakness that they can fill with their humanitarianism, never for a moment realizing that in the process of that, they are depriving this person of their own creation, which they are perfectly capable of. So is it every toy or just the one that he really wants in that moment? How many mothers? So some little stranger person will come up, a neighbor person, and say, it's like Jerry will be reading something on the airplane. And Esther has been perfectly content to sit there in her own head until she sees him interested in something. And then she wants to know what it is. <laughs> There's something about his interest in it that sparks her interest in it. And it is so annoying to have someone read over your shoulder. <laughs> because he reads much faster than she does. And he'll get all the way to the bottom. She'll say, wait, 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 I'm almost there. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Plus he's holding the paper awkwardly so that she can see it. When it was... And so... But the point that we're making is his interest in it is what attracted her interest to it. And often that happens with children and their toys. Mm -hmm. When your child is in love with something, the other kid wants it. And mother says, go ahead and give it to him, their company. And we say, are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding? Do you hear what you're saying to this child? Put your emotional response aside and guide your world by the emotional response that you get from others. And furthermore, the bigger fit they throw, the more your response should cater to them. And then you wonder why, later on, you don't know that your inner being exists. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just got chills <laughs> when I was hearing that. And you wonder why you don't think you have an inner being. Right. Talked out of, but you know, it's so hard to listen to that too because I totally get the mother side. Yeah, you know, you know that feeling. It's embarrassing. I know. You know that, like, let's fix this embarrassment. Make it right. <laughs> Nobody wants a selfish kid. <laughs> but what I think is so interesting is when we understand the mechanics of what's going on in this circumstance, and we're going to apply it to adult life very quickly. But in this scenario of, of children, you know. A lot of times what kids are interested in is the energy of attraction that your kid is experiencing, you know. So here we want to teach that to enjoy what you have attracted is okay. Right. Because otherwise, when do you ever get to enjoy it? When do you, you ever? Constantly guilty? <clears throat> right. Oh, I have more than they do. Oh, this is so unfair. I should even the score. This isn't right. I mean, it just goes on and on. It goes on and on. And then we wonder why we can't enjoy anything. Yes. You know, and but I really want to slow this down because I think the most important part is – in that moment, you're teaching the child that their inner emotion is not as important as the exterior response of somebody else. And the bigger the yell, the more it is your responsibility to let go of your own feelings and take on theirs. And this is where I think we get into trouble. Mm -hmm. Because people say, well, I don't know what I feel. Because we have been so skilled. Right. Shutting it down. Shutting it down and saying, how do you feel? Well, how do you feel? Right. What do you need from me? Well, if you, you feel happy, I'm happy. If you feel sad, I'm sad. <laughs> uh. 
this, it, it's just so fascinating. It's like, I don't know what I'm feeling because I don't spend any time worrying about what I'm feeling. I'm so concerned about your cry for help. Right. Well, we're not yeah. even supposed to feel it. Yeah. Because we're supposed to be a good person. A holy person has their attention on what the other person needs, not on what they need. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we just slow that down for a minute? Yeah, I was As listening to some person. Uh, wow. <laughs> but I was hearing something on Oprah the other day, and I thought it was so fascinating. She was talking about Eckhart Tolle's thing about how a lot of times when we talk about ego, we think it's like, oh, I have a big ego. I need attention. Like she said, I'm in show business. I need attention. But so ego really is having attention on things um, outside yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? I thought that was interesting. Like then she was talking about years ago when she had her big weight loss and she was playing that clip and it's like, she goes, I was so into my ego about look at me. I lost all this weight, but it still was a thing. Yeah. So it's like anytime. And it kind of made me think of, wow, that's real. That really kind of flips it because we're always thinking about what's going on out there. So that really is our ego at play, but yet being so-called selfish really is equivalent to living from our authentic self. Yes. Because if we're not being selfish, we're kind of trying to manage all the circumstances out there, which is coming from our ego. Which I- and, the, and the broader knowing is unless we are catering to the self relationship and we're, we're redefining selfishness. So try to, you know, anyone who has a response to that word, just try to deconstruct it. I wish we had another word, but when, you know, again, when you're able to attend to your relationship with source first, and, and they said that, you know, if, if the child is not responding to their inner beings response first, see their inner beings response. That's what we're talking about with selfishness is that you need to respond to your inner beings response, which is coming from your broader knowing. Unless that relationship is in check, you're not of any help to anyone. Right. So that's the ironic part. Not only are you, you can't not give, you have help, nothing to give. You have nothing to give, but more suffering and fear. But the thing is, and, and also, and I love this analogy, this, you know, young Jesus, wasn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you deprive that person of being able to experience their creation and their expansion of their own internal fruition, their own internal faith, that, that very relationship that you, uh, you know, you ha- you hold in such high esteem, you're really depriving them from their contrast in order to, you know, see that, what, that they can stand well, on their own two feet. Well, it's like you think you're protecting them, but you're actually doing damage. A damage. It has the opposite effect of what our intention is. Wow. It's really something. And you can see how this behavior played over and over and over and over again. Now, they're going to talk a little bit. We'll get back to it where they talk about. Now, of course, everybody can share. But if you're sharing from your joy, mm-hmm. there's, it's a whole different place than if you're sharing from the need to take care of someone else and put them before you so that you kind of cut your own right. relationship off. Like I'm sharing now and now my mom's not mad at me. Right. To share from joy and abundance and, and unlimited supply is a whole other world than sharing begrudgingly because in order for me to be perceived as a good person or a spiritual person. You know what that brings up? I'm doing a paper now on the theology of tithing. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> and it's so that it's the whole thing of giving because it's our nature to give and we love to give versus that you should give. Yes. Very different energy. You know, this is a trigger topic for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I often believe how insane it is to demand that someone tie the percentage when they're not in the vortex. Because when you tithe, ask someone to tithe 10%, 15%, 50%, whatever it is, 
when you ask them to tithe when they're coming from lack and limitation, you hold lack and limitation present in their consciousness because you're asking them to go beyond their comfort level and their need to know that, you know, if you're feeling deprivation and then you're saying share. Right. It's the same exact thing. And it's really deepening the scarcity. I mean, and and it's like, that's obviously a church community that would never be their intention, loving church community, but it has the effect of driving people further into fear, which is then people can't give. They don't have to Yeah, and then the ironic part of that is that a lot of churches struggle financially because they're sort of demanding this 10% as a part of your spiritual, um, you know, path. But the ironic part is that when you get into the vortex and you know your abundance and you know your fullness, you'll get 50%. Forget 10%. We love to give. It's our nature to give. If if we're not able to give, there's something blocking our flow. And that's really what we need to work on, not giving more from scarcity. Because it's not Because we should or we'll get approval or people will think we're fabulous. Right. Same, same exact thing as this kid's toy. Same exactly. Kid. And beholding, and I love this moment in that last five minutes, one of my favorite moments where they said, like the young Jesus, your son can not freak out in the temporary toylessness of his friend. You know, can we just not freak out about the temporary fill in the blank circumstance of our family, our friend, our employer, yeah. our situation? Well, it gets back to the faith. Where's the faith? Yeah. You know, but, but I just had this image of this kid who didn't lovingly said, I'm going to enjoy this toy. I know you can, you can attract toys too. And I'm not going to freak out with the fact that you don't have one. And I'm going to, all this is going on, obviously non-verbally, but this sort of, it's a, it's an emotional stance that I believe kids naturally have. And then we rush in, in fear of social pushback and. But I want to even get deeper into this. I'm so excited that you're writing this tithing book and uh, or tithing article because I, I do think that we need to call back into these principles, to these principles um, before we do any kind of laws about how to give or what to give because it's the energy that's so critical. But don't we do it all the time when they said, you know, it's sort of this flaw, this humanitarian flaw. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, but just I just want to go back one thing to the tithing. It's because I think it gets back to the faith thing. We don't really trust. Like if the mom didn't um, intercede in that transaction, you know, if she didn't like start um, getting involved, it wasn't going to turn out pretty. You know, if we don't tell people they have to tithe, the church is not going to get their money. Like there's a lack of faith in the principles. Amen. Yeah. and And we're not saying you can't you don't want to give that humanitarianism is bad. We're saying, but when humanitarian uh, efforts come from a place of holding the flawed person rather than con- coming from a place of abundance and joy, and I've got so much, I just want to give this to you, right. you know, or I'm going to help you give to yourself, which is a different kind of humanitarian component, you know, teaching them to fish rather than just giving them fish. But it kind of goes back to looking at why we're doing anything. You're like, if you jump in to save the day, what's that about? I mean, why are you doing, are you doing it because it's fun for you and you're having, and you like it? Like you say, you want to share the overabundance or are you jumping in because, oh my God, if I don't jump in, the whole world's going to fall apart. If I don't right. save the day, which really gets back to a whole scarcity limiting belief thought. Like I'm yes. the one who has to take it. Like a, a mother could do this. If I don't micromanage my children, they'll never do their homework. Or, you know, it's it kind of, it's kind of a, 
interesting. It's talk about ego, you know, well, not having the eyes of source, knowing that that person too is, is ex- absolutely in alignment to create an opportunity. And maybe you're part of their expansion. But again, it goes down to energy. If you're part of their expansion and you can give from that expanded place, awesome. Yeah. You have now rendezvoused into that perfect place. Of I remember reading, hearing something about that, you know, the 9-11 attacks. There was some article or something where people loved to go down there. They loved to help. Like they couldn't stay away. It felt so good to go down there and help, which is very different than they need me. And if I don't show up, something's going to be missing. Something horrible. You know, you're being driven by it. That's inspired action. I want to be there. This feels so good to be here. Inspired action, which is what we want to teach our kids. Now we're going to take another break. This hour is just flying by, but stay tuned. We'll come back and we'll listen to a little bit more of what they have to say about when you do, when it's, when it's good to give, when it is the right emotional match to give. And also we got to find out what happened with the cat because he's kicking the cat. So there's another opportunity. Stay tuned. You're listening to Everyday Attraction with Janice and Ray. We're having a wonderful time remembering who we are today. Stay tuned. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. To learn more, become a fan of our Facebook page, search for Everyday Attraction, or email us at everydayattraction at unity.fm. Your comments and participation are sincerely welcome. Welcome back from the break. Um, so we're really kind of knee deep in this understanding of how we help each other and how we hinder each other in our understanding of these deep principles. And I, I love this analogy of the boy and his toys and this understanding that we can watch, we can stand back and watch and have the faith that our child, you know, is going to find a response but I know as a mother, sometimes I'm like, oh, but maybe not. Maybe he's going to be out of control. Maybe, you know, it's so like when to intervene is is sometimes a really interesting situation. Oh, it is. I, I do. I mean, I go like my daughter with her homework <laughs> yeah. because it's true. Like she needs, I mean, I, I've noticed it with the boys is they found that inner place with them and now they easily do their homework. Do you know what I mean? Like it's their homework. It's not something I'm making them do. They've right. taken ownership of it. And she hasn't like kind of caught that ring yet. Yeah. But I have to trust and have faith that she will. Or she might do it a different way too. Yeah, but she's gonna figure it out. I mean it's Well, this idea though of worrying about society or worrying about what anyone else thinks about us. I mean, my feeling is that part of our spiritual maturity and our 
opening up to our relationship with our inner being and source is really leaving behind the peanut gallery, which Abraham refers to all the time, leaving behind the great opinion of others and, and truly doing it. And it's not easy, people. I know we're in a culture, we're in society, we want to be approved of. But you know, it's like moment by moment. Yeah. I mean, because when you were hearing you say that, I'm thinking like, okay, well, yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> you know? I know. Because it really is a, you don't know it until you get triggered. And then you're like, because I'll do like, oh, I feel like I'm doing good work. Like, I feel like I've kind of strengthened that muscle and I don't care so much about what people think of me. And then someone says something, it's like, <gasps> you know, oh, what oh. happened to my faith? I thought I had covered this ground before. <laughs> yeah. And you have to give yourself a break. I mean, have the short shout, have the, you know, just don't pitch a tent in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, I, there, I don't think you can walk on this planet and have someone criticize you and not feel it. Yes. You know, I don't, I think it, and it's almost it's, like, it's, where can you go when they criticize you? You know, there yeah. has to be another place to go, you know, and that's back to source. There has to be an alternative to wallowing and feeling the pain. But I think it's so interesting, and I'm not going to get into the specifics, but you were talking about a circumstance, you know, this week where someone said, are you open to constructive <laughs> criticism? And I'm like, no, because the only, but I made the mistake. I got sucked in, you know, <laughs> Next time, that's such a trick. Next time someone says, are you open to constructive criticism? You're like, no, but I'm open to love. But and I, I'm open I think to- what's so f- interesting about that situation is I completely forgot all my practice. <laughs> I know. There's something in there. You're like, what? What I do? What I do? Tell me what I did. Exactly. What is everyone I talking totally about? went there. My response was totally childish. <laughs> so <laughs> funny, though. Know, you I have to laugh. Valuable to. Um, it was interesting for me to see where I went and how quickly I went there. Oh, I, you know, and I've had it. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know these principles. You and I know this. We teach this. It doesn't mean we don't succumb to the absolute emotional trigger that happens. Someone used a word with me last week that absolutely triggered my anger. And I just sort of had a, a, a little tizzy fit. Now, I've learned that I close my door and have the tizzy fit between me and God so that I can work it out and, and source can bring me back into alignment. But you have it. You got to claim that that happens. But how long you spend there. But you know what really- I think the, the most important point is, is you're able to get yourself back. Like yeah. you said, how long, you know, you're right. Over time, it gets shorter and shorter. So, so what if we spin out? We know, we know how to come back. Yeah, we know how to come back. And quite frankly, the anger, if we look at the emotional scale, was so important because powerlessness was right below it. When that word or feeling came along, there was a moment of powerlessness. So the anger was a way to kind of say, I'm not taking that. That is not who I claim to be. I get my Baptist preacher on, you know, I say, I stand in the face of the devil and I say, get back. You know, it is not Satan, that get little, behind me. <laughs> Satan, get behind me. See how that stuff really works. I love it. it because it's like, I am not that vulnerable fly in the wind. What do you think of me person that I once was and and I say was trained to be because I don't think I came in like that, but I got trained and it was of no fault of anyone. It was just how it unfolded. I got trained away from letting the only response that matter, the inner being's response to me. And that is only a place of love and forgiveness and not even forgiveness. There was nothing there to forgive to begin with. It's an unconditional love place. That's where I want to build up my response time, mm-hmm. you know, so that that other stuff it almost can get to the point where it's kind of amusing. Because when someone says something that, and you felt this, we've talked mm-hmm. about it, when you when someone says something that's so not yours, right? 
and so is theirs. Yes. It's comical. But, you know, when it get, when it triggers you, there's there's still that thought in there that you're in agreement with that thought. Like, it wouldn't That's be painful it if it wasn't still alive in there somewhere. That is an indication that there is a pocket of not remembering. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. Because we know what to do. Mm-hmm. We know what to do, but the temporariness of it is so important to remember, you know, that I can move through this. I know this is not who I really am, and but I have had that experience where I've moved past those sort of pockets of not remembering, and then I've had someone, you know, spout something at me and go, that is so not mine. It really is kind of funny. Yes. Isn't and, that- and that feels great to actually feel something that before would have been an insult yeah. And feel that, wow, almost like I didn't feel that sting. Yeah. You know? It would have been devastating, but not anymore. Yes. Not anymore. Okay, so we got to get back to what happens to the cat. Because I think <laughs> you really like this part. So here we go. Again, we're listening to an Abraham Hicks uh, workshop. We're just giving you a little morsel to chew on today. But we really encourage you to go to abraham-hicks.com and get the full workshop. This one happened in Denver uh, in September of 2011, I believe. Um, so you can get the full workshop and also some of the fantastic DVDs. They have uh, recordings of some of these workshops. Just so exciting to really see this information coming through in such a clear way. But back to the cat and the three-year-old. Here we go. So if you want to teach your child to share, What you're really wanting to teach them to do is to share the whole of who they are, share their happy self. So if you support your child in happiness, then there's, he'll always have plenty to share. You see? Okay. Now, let's talk about the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Is that between him and the cat? I mean, that's kind of what I feel like. For sure. For sure. It's between the cat and Mm -hmm. and your child. For sure. It's between them. It's not their business. It's for them to work out. Mm -hmm. And the cat will teach your child what it knows. Oh, she has. (laughs) So what has your cat taught him? Um, That when he hits her, that she scratches him back. You mean... You have not been able to teach your cat <laughs> to take what he dishes out? <laughs> yeah, I can't. No, I haven't thought of that. <laughs> Interesting. You mean the cat is selfishness to seek her own happiness? Mm-hmm. That she doesn't stand there in denial of her own happiness while she's trying to ple- pleasure this t- tail-pulling child? <laughs> Interesting, isn't mm-hmm. it? So the cat doesn't like it and goes away. And... And that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So so when I'm in that moment, like, do I just not look at it? Well, it's going to be like, well, when he's kicking well, the cat over there. Well, here's, here's the thing. We were talking about it earlier. Does source not look or does source look and not freak out? Okay. So what is the not freaking out? What is the making peace with what it is? This is a learning moment for him. This Mm -hmm. is a life moment. This is a manifestational moment. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to deprive my child of his learning how to relate with others. I trust my child to tune into who he is and be the, the, in the vortex, tuned in, tapped in, uplifting person that he is born to be. But it's for sure. That if you, from outside your vortex, demand that he behave in response to what the culture or the society is preferring from him, that you will train him away from his only chance of happiness. 
And here we are today talking about what that chance of happiness is. What is it? Understanding that emotion is the manifestation that you're reaching for, you see. And in time, everyone can come to learn that, can come to know that you don't have to deprive yourself of happiness in order to blend with others. And you don't have to please them and deprive yourself of happiness. In other words, but only when you put your happiness first on the list do you learn that blending, you see. One who's tuned in to this stream, one who's tuned in to who they really are, one who's really in alignment, being their total authentic self, that's someone who can hold another as an object of attention and completely uplift them, you see. And then there's this playing with toys that's mutual and delicious and wonderful. In other words, we're both playing together with it and there's no competition because we understand there's no shortage, you see. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man, I could, you know, I talk about these um, island tracks. Like if I were on a desert island, what tra- Abraham tracks would I want? <laughs> you are island- so funny. <laughs> That's an island track for me. <laughs> you know, it's just such a, it's like I can't hear it enough. This understanding of, you know, being happy means that we're blending with source. Mm-hmm. And when we're blended with source, we can uplift the world. Yes. And that's not our intention, but that's the outcome. Well, I love too when they say if you support your ch- child in happiness, they'll always have something to give. <sighs> you know, it's it make, when I hear that, it makes me realize we got this whole giving thing so wrong. <laughs> I mean, it is so backwards. It's like... I don't know. It's interesting. Yes, and you're and you're gonna write it for us though, Janice yes, Campbell. You're this gonna is make my it all passion, clear. the whole giving and receiving flow, getting that sorted it, out. <laughs> the other moment that I really loved is the can you trust can I trust my child? Uh-huh. You know, can I trust really what they were saying is can you trust the source within your child? Right. And I really want to. Mm-hmm. I want to trust that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm gonna practice it. I'm going to practice it little time, little stuff like on the playground. Yes. And then I'm going to be available and trust it when the big, you know, what hits the fan. <laughs> but you know what I think is really helps in that is looking at evidence. Because yeah. what, that's what I do with my kids is I'll watch them. I just kind of observe things unfolding. Like, okay, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And then I'll just watch it. And you know what? They figure it out. <laughs> they do. Like it helps to gather that evidence because our minds sometimes will say, oh, my God, they're not going to, you know, we got this whole other story going on. But actually seeing them demonstrate it to you that you could trust the source that lives within them. They will prove it to you if you pay attention. They will. And, you know, we have to have trust that, you know, in that circumstance, the child has attracted the cat. Mm-hmm. For a learning experience. Yeah. And you they're know? playing. I mean, they're, they're like playing. doing their thing. I know. And yet there the is cats this cat's too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Don't you? I just love the cat, the selfishness of cats. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that as a, as a great metaphor for what we're talking about is that you would never see a cat unless it was really deranged, denying itself of its own happiness. It, it's just interesting to watch that example and that if it's not happy it will go away and that's the lesson it's not like oh I'm unhappy I mean how many marriages oh my god has hung in there because I'm not happy but I'm not going to go away because I've got some sort of external uh reason for staying that is socially you know mandated Right. I, you know, when you are unhappy and there is that going away, whether it you know be forever or just temporary, you are sh- you are saying to yourself, "My happiness is not up for chopping block." Right. I'm, I don't need this. I'm out of here. But I'm you know, out. also I love is how much pleasure cats give. Like yeah. how much they you know they're very very selfish, but also people love having cats as pets. Obviously, they must be giving something. Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I love that. It's so much fun. Um, and this whole thing too, that look at it, you can look at the circumstance and not freak out, you know, the sort of peace with what is knowing there's a learning, but in that you are giving them, and I really wanted to pinpoint what they said, his only chance at happiness. Yes. Yeah. In, and that they're saying again and again, in, unless we can move within into our consciousness and find peace and find connection, the elusive happiness out there will never satisfy right. this idea of something outside of ourselves, quenching that thirst of that knowing and blending that we're talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. No wonder we're so trained to look outside. I mean, it's, this, oh, it's such a great example of that. But also what I don't like is, in, um, is the, their only chance of happiness. You know, I don't, you know, maybe it's just out of context, but I don't believe that. I don't believe we only get one chance. I mean, oh, no, no, no. They're not saying it's only chance, but unless you can turn within. Right. That you're, you're like, the, going out and trying to find it outside of you is impossible. It's right. not, it's not, it's not scientifically possible. Right. But we, but we could, if we've been turning without our whole life, we could make the conscious choice to shift that and start looking differently. Looking. Absolutely. Looking at yeah, and, and it may not be ours to teach them, you know, yeah. we might get it all wrong. But no worries. Yes. There's another teacher right behind. Yeah, because I think sometimes we could be like, "Oh, I blew it. I should have done this. I should have done that. It's my fault." No, no, no. <laughs> There's then, always another chance. There's always another moment. Life is being born moment by moment. So fun. Well, we've come to the end of our hour, believe it or not. Thank you, Janice, for you know getting you. into the thicket of this stuff. I think <laughs> there's such rich diamonds in all of this sort of muck and mire of our lives and and the joyous knowing that all is truly well and that there is a larger energy that is watching and loving and caring for us and it is so good to walk in conscious awareness of that family of energy and spirit that is with us so fully thank you again and i hope i wish you a very happy thanksgiving and enjoy the holiday and your friends and family and we'll see you next time You've been listening to Everyday Attraction on Unity.fm, also known as Unity Online Radio, Unity Online Radio, and AlignRadio.com, which you can also check out our shows and some other shows that we participate with at AlignRadio.com. And I hope that you'll spend some time, if you have some time away for the holiday, to appreciate those in your life. And if you're looking for an extraordinary way to reach out to a friend or family, uh, I highly recommend our sponsor, sendoutcards.com forward slash attraction. You can send a physical card in the mail stamped from you that is heartfelt, designed by you. You can even upload images um, and send it. And it's a wonderful way for you to reach out and tell someone how much you appreciate them this season. It is an opportunity for us to remind um, ourselves about the deeper love in our knowing that all is truly well. So go to sendoutcards.com forward slash attraction and send a card today. We wish you a wonderful holiday and we look forward to uh, connecting with you again next time on Everyday Attraction. Be well. Thank you for joining us on Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Join Ray every Friday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio for more ways to align with your source and start living the life you intended to live. Everyday Attraction is sponsored by Send Out Cards. 
Go to www.sendoutcards.com slash attraction and mail a free card that you personalize to someone you appreciate. Don't wait. Act on your promptings to appreciate today at www.sendoutcards.com slash attraction. Everyday Attraction is recorded live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time on Align Radio, alignradio.com. Things may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. 